welcome back to No Thank You Next. I'm Megan. And I'm Rachel. Hi, everyone. And this is No Thank You Next, the podcast. <laughs> I don't, know why. I don't know why I'm acting <laughs> so weird. Truly. It's what like over 100 degrees today. It's going to be over it's 100 so degrees like all week. Hot. It's so and hot I'm outside. Truly just so excited for the potential future of our weather. Isn't that the. <laughs> I feel like whenever you talk weather, it's just like, okay, these people don't know each other. <laughs> <laughs> literally the one thing that you ask somebody that you don't know anything about so like yes so it's like, fucking hot out right how's it going yeah like just it's hot so, out it's so like wild. disconnect oh my god it's like really warm outside yeah it's like so but the air is so cold inside it feels so good to go outside but like only for a minute <laughs> <laughs> after that I'm sweating that's it that's it oh my god I know fuck it's hot it's fucking hot outside though it's so hot it was nice like last week it got down to the 80s and like we got to leave our windows open for like two days without having to worry about having fucking heat stroke in your living room yeah and then it all changed then it all went back I will say in LA it's not as bad as it is in Valencia that's true it's It's not it like sits because we're like in the valley it like sits in here exactly like we get a breeze here around like six like I can open the window it'll cool <laughs> it'll cool the apartment down for the night god we just got hot air blowing in here and we're just like why is that cooling off it's just like, someone outside with their mouth wide open fucking passing COVID god well, oh. update on me. So, since we last recorded, I took a spill. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rachel Poor and I, thing. I feel like several years passed. We both broke our bones the same year, yep. our first ever yep. broken bone. So, here yeah. I was taking out the trash, and the last step was brick, and said brick was not put in very well. So, in my platform Birkenstocks <laughs> um, my foot hit the edge of said brick and I just twisted that baby ankle that had been broken previously oh. and as I went down I thought to myself no not that ankle <laughs> but I stayed silent break my ball with my weak wrist <laughs> So then, yes, my beautiful, weak right wrist. Oh, there's Buddy. (laughs) Sliding into view. My beautifully gentle, brittle right wrist decides to put all my COVID weight (laughs) on it. And so wonderfully, my boyfriend, before leaving, parked his car in a location that a car should never be where I ran into his bumper (laughs) (laughs) and then I just sat there for a long pong bob yes (laughs) and then I sat there I took account I took check of all said body parts and out comes buddy barking like lassie for anyone (laughs) to come help me and I'm screaming shh quiet (laughs) Megan, Megan is no. falling down and she can't get up. Yes. Not and anybody. I, 
I am so embarrassed. I think I'm going oh to throw up. I'm so nauseous from the pain. Oh, no. I want no one to come help me. No. I want no one to see this mess of an adult around. <laughs> and so I uh, was okay. I went to urgent care, scared of COVID, but got x-rays and nothing was broken. Thank God. So finally today, oh my God. I was able to turn on a faucet. <laughs> The motion of twisting with my right hand is so painful. It's so painful. And finally today, I've, like, got some motion that I can, like, actually. And my uh, elbow finally popped. Like, it felt, like, my wrist and my elbow just feel so tight that it's, like, I'm finally doing better. It's been two weeks, almost. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm glad you're doing better. That just, oh, that just sends <laughs> me like a whirlwind of like, oh. I know, I know, yeah. It's just like, ugh, I just, there's just, your body's never ready for that, especially as an adult. We just don't, <laughs> we don't fall from such far heights anymore, you know? No. Oh my God. And those platform Birkenstocks, ugh! girl. You- <laughs> I, you best believe I went home and got my flat burst Birkenstocks and brought those puppies <laughs> over and I feel so safe close to the ground <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking purchasing this oh my god so unsafe oh I oh love fucking big spice shoes. girl I know oh, yeah <laughs> you did I love <laughs> which is uh, so funny because this week you did post about how you love a good clunky <laughs> not clunk, a the platform you look cuter by comparison <laughs> yeah well the rest of me is fucking broken by comparison <laughs> With a fucking platform, okay? So fuck you, Sandy from Daria. Yeah. Just get out of here, fucking fashion president, president get of the out. fashion club. Oh my Ugh. god. So truly. Oh, I love me a good chunky shoe though. They look so cute. They're so cute. But seriously, fucking spice girl realness <laughs> right there. That's where it all stemmed from. That's why. Like in my I'm like in my like 90s brain, I'm like, no, I'm supposed to be wearing platforms. Do you remember? Like this happened like when we were in high school, they were flip flops, but they were like uh, this high. Yes, I knew. I knew were like they... two girls who would wear them. They were foam and they were massive. They didn't weigh yes. anything. No, but yes, like... I had a pair for sure. Oh and my they had God. like rhinestone B or something. On yeah, the side. or like beads all over them. Yeah. Yes, yes, I had those. Oh and God. I was just watching Ten Things I Hate About You. And... They have them in that movie. Well, Julia Stiles is wearing the ones that are, like, um, they're foam, but they're almost, like, uh, I think bamboo or something, like, under your foot, where it was, like, a platform, but it was, like, twisted on the top. Is it, like, espadrille type business? Kind of, but it was black on the bottom, Mm. but, like, the, where, like, kind of when you go to, like, a, like, an elevated to get a pedicure and they don't give you the like ones where literally they break the second you take one step they like yeah. sell you like the ones for two dollars and it's like bamboo on the bottom and it's like yeah. a fucking palm tree as the design yep yeah so it's kind of like those with platform oh my god how did we not all break our ankles in high school by wearing that shit I remember when I was Ugh. like probably in fifth grade whenever the Spice Girls were like hype I went to Mervyn's and they nice. had the strappiest like and it was legit cork like platform <laughs> yep. they were 
far too big, but they were on clearance and my mom let me buy them. Nice. And we went to pick and save after. If oh, wow. Fashion sentence. <laughs> and I just remember walking around thinking I was the best fucking spice girl. Like I was going to be like a spice girl any moment. And every oh, yeah. step I took was just like me falling to the side, me falling to the side. <laughs> <laughs> Could not stay up flat for the life of me. I remember oh looking next to this stranger being like, she's going to see my fucking shoes. And I just like fell. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh probably God. just like, girl, where's your mom? <laughs> like, oh, so she's a bit her. Oh God. I know. See, I know that. Because like my hands and my feet, they sweat all the time. Oh, so, yes. It's just, that's like, it's like, oh. There's you no need a shoe that's like having... strapped on you. Yeah, <laughs> like I always can't... have one. An yeah. ankle strap and like the feet are in. It's like I'm not <laughs> slipping out of these oh my things. God. I can't. The I only time I, I felt that was when I got a pedicure and they use oil. And then you oh, leave yeah. and you're just like walking like as slowly as possible, shuffling to the car. Welcome. Welcome to my world. Oh, that's what that's it feels like to walk in flip flops ne- with me. It wow. Yeah. If my feet are not strapped into my shoes. I'm done for. I'm done for. Interesting. I wonder if that's why Vince doesn't like flip-flops. Like, he never wears, like, flip-flops on a man is absolutely disgusting. Like, (laughs) I just never for an event. Yes, but Vince does have nice feet. All men have weird feet. It's like, put on a fucking pair of Vans (laughs) with no socks. That's the equivalent. But, yeah, yeah, I I can't imagine constantly slipping out of my sandals. It sucks. Yeah, that really sucks. Like your shoe, tr- but what about your slides? Um, they like, cause I I have like a pair of Birkenstocks. Like those aren't going anywhere. Oh, if anything, yeah. those like absorb sweat. So it's just like, yeah, you're so gonna stinky. get really gross. By yeah. Next year, I gotta throw them out. <laughs> um, yeah, like I used to buy like those old navy flip flops, like the just the foam uh-huh. old, old navy yeah, flip flops, yeah. and like mm-hmm. those don't absorb anything. So. I would constantly slide out of those or mm. because my feet would sweat and I would walk around, like my feet were constantly dirty. Like all the girls who uh. wore flip-flops in high school, their feet were always like sparkly clean by the time they were like headed home. I would have to sneak to the bathroom and put my feet in the sink and rinse off my feet and rinse off my shoes throughout the day. So I didn't have like dirty ass feet in the middle of like, my last couple periods of class what that's yeah. so interesting because I had a theory so like <laughs> Vince and I he I always fuck he's like always grossed out because my feet are dirty because he doesn't mop the floor as often as I don't like so <laughs> while he's been gone I have been and my feet have been clean but anyway, <laughs> so but his feet are always fucking squeaky clean and I thought it was because my feet were dry, so it just, like, kept the dirt there. And his, mm-hmm. like, were wet, so it was just, like, slicking it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you got your own fucking washing system down there. I know, right? But that's so it's all interesting. It's Yeah, exactly. No. Just, like, steps on carpet and they're so wet. It just went. <laughs> it's like, ch 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 But I guess not. No, no. Uh-uh. That's if anything, so... like, my feet are always dirtier than most people. Even if it's just, like, I'm a, I'm a clean person. I have, I have good hygiene. I 
just have sweaty hands and feet and it attracts dirt and yeah it just sticks to you it just it just does that's so interesting so great I'm glad everybody knows how dirty (laughs) my (laughs) I'm sweaty I'm like a I'm like almost like a slip and slide like anytime I put on some shoes and it's fucking terrifying especially now now that we know that we could break our bones so easily in our 30s oh my scary Oh my god. I know because I broke extra layer. Yeah. I know. Like you broke your ankle in a slip and fall, and I broke my Mm -hmm. wrist in a slip and fall. And it was like I tried to catch myself, and it was just like, well, fuck. Just let your face take it. Just take it. (laughs) Just let your body hit the floor. Don't fucking brace. That's what I've learned. Just tuck everything in. Tuck in. And roll. <laughs> like a deck and roll. Protect your neck. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking earthquake as you're going down. It's an earthquake drill. Protect the head. Tuck and roll. It's a That's fire it. drill and an earthquake drill in one. All you don't got a lot of time if you're not that tall, but. <laughs> but if you're wearing those platforms, you got a couple extra seconds. <laughs> you, got, you got a few extra inches. <laughs> <laughs> to really brace yourself, really take that impact. <laughs> protect the neck, protect the neck on the bumper of his car. Ah, uh, Wu Tang's been telling us for years. Protect the neck. I'm oh telling you. God. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking terrifying. You learn something new on every episode. <laughs> Whether it's good or bad information, either way, we're here for <laughs> Whether you. Whether <laughs> we've tested it or not. <laughs> right. We are of example that we use Fuck. our wrists. To oh, I know. Here will everything hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> when you checked in, I'm like, it all hurts. My whole, oh my god. My, my whole body. Heart. My whole body. <laughs> oh my god should we tell the story of what that came from oh my god I think we should okay we were at a party one time Mm -hmm. and we had a mutual friend that I actually did a podcast with I don't remember the name right now so oh my god well Uh, it was no whenever I look up our podcast on Instagram it comes up I want to say it's no there's a no in it Oh my, oh my God. Why am I drawing a blank? No, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm going to laugh so hard if I can Google it and your friends will show up. Um, oh, no offense. No offense podcast. That's what it was. No offense, which we never Uh, were offensive. No. (laughs) (laughs) It was literally the most, it should have been called the nothing podcast because every episode we had to come up with an idea it was nothing and then we were just like shoot the shit and we talked about movies and yeah uh carrie and i did that halloween episode that was super fun and then he did yeah and then you guys did another one with like two like a couple other people that we worked with that yeah yeah come in and just like talk about whatever it was very much like shooting the shit but yeah but it was fun um yeah, so he and I had, like, a sibling relationship where we would, mm-hmm. like, kind of, like, goof around. Well, he tickled me at this party, and I went straight to the ground. And there was, 
there was no, there was no wrist blocking action. It was no. a hook and roll protecting <laughs> my neck. And I went straight to the floor where he continued to tickle me and my yep. shirt began to rise. And I said, no, what did I say? <laughs> my body. You can see my whole body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just truly a 20 something year old oh woman gosh. screaming, screaming. At, a, at a party. No, my, you can see my body. Someone oh who's truly God. confident in said body. I, I would assume. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it became an inside joke. So when Rachel asked me how I was doing and I said, my whole body hurts. <laughs> Just immediately go. <laughs> me sitting on the floor after bracing, after my COVID body hit the ground, <laughs> screaming to the neighbors, my whole body <laughs> Oh my God, you guys will never know how funny that a whole event was it was so like <laughs> we kept I mean I was laughing but I was trying to help you but at the same time yeah I kept, that's true I kept you kept did laughing. come to my rescue when it happened at the party <laughs> oh and my but gosh. buddy thankfully Lassie my dog came to the rescue <laughs> always Aww. someone there you know there's always somebody there to help you know always in help, spirit. helping paw <laughs> yes exactly like, don't worry Megan I'll get you some help <laughs> oh my god sweet buddy oh my god yeah I can't if anybody ever says my whole body I just hear you scream <laughs> my whole body <laughs> it doesn't even have to be in like a falling context like if I just anybody was just like yeah my whole body I was like your whole body like, I fucking scream it in my head <laughs> oh my gosh maybe that'll be the name of this it. episode my, my whole body, body. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, truly. What a dream. Uh, so good. So good. But anyways, well, I feel just... like I feel like that's like a good bad transition. Oh good. Yeah. Is someone's whole body involved in a story? <laughs> <laughs> As always, always, always. And this one is like kind of nuts because like I don't know if it's like my search history or like my devices in my home that's constantly listening to my ass. But like this week I have a very similar, like, did she do it type of a story, which is kind of crazy. So mm -hmm. my story for you this week, it's another difficult one to decipher. And I'll have another poll question in regards to my story um, because the ending is pretty shocking. So I am going to just jump on in. Okay. You ready? You ready? You ready? We're all ready. All right, let's do it. So I introduce you to Scott and Tracy Rohde. These young hearts met each other when they were teenagers, just living their best life in Fort Madison, Iowa. They are high school sweethearts, and they got married just a couple of years after Tracy graduated high school. Both Scott and Tracy, they're very smart, they're motivated, and they both graduate college. Scott becomes an engineer and Tracy becomes a nurse who chose her specialty to be in labor and delivery. They go on to have three beautiful boys together, Shane, Nicholas, and Dalton. Tracy is over the moon becoming a mother. It's like something she's always dreamed 
to happen in her life. And Scott is just the perfect devoted father who wants to show his boys a better life than he had as an only child in a troubled family. Uh, As always, the family seems to be the perfect picture of perfection, but that was not the case. Like, I always think of that scene from Clueless where Cher is describing Amber to Ty. And she's like, oh, it's a full-on Monet. It's like a painting. <laughs> from far away, it's okay. But up close, it's a big old mess. Like, Oh, my God. That quote basically describes every married couple that I talk about on here. Because behind closed doors, it's always a different mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott is actually very controlling. And he is mm-hmm. a very jealous person. So he's basically the big green eyed monster who also treated Tracy like a possession. Scott would frequently accuse Tracy of having affairs with the doctors that she was working at in the hospital. And he would call her a tramp and he would call her a whore, like constant name calling, belittling, putting her down just because he had this insecurity that she was going to leave him for somebody else. So that right there is just a red flag right off the bat. Yeah, and that says to me, cheetahs call out cheetahs. Right? Right? Isn't that normally the case? Is it not the case? I mean, I feel like it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to add this to the story, but like, he was such a cheater. But yeah, he was such a cheater. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they don't talk about it in any article, but like 100%. And there's no evidence, but like, clearly. But obviously. So this one incident, like this is kind of nuts. This would, this would just make me want to like jump out of my skin and like leave this relationship. But there was one night where Tracy had to stay late at the hospital to help deliver a baby. She's probably like the only like nurse or whoever on hand to help this person Mm -hmm. um, deliver. And so she arrives home at midnight and no one's home. Her boys are gone. Her husband's gone. The car's gone. And she's like, okay, well, what is going on? So she starts to panic a little bit and she calls the emergency room and see if they have gotten any car accidents um, coming in, like any young kids or anything like that. And there's no accidents. There's nothing happening. And while she's like frantically trying to figure out where her family could be, she hears the garage door open. And they all, you know, drive in and park all safe and sound. So when Scott gets out of the car, she's got a million questions as one would have in that scenario. Mm -hmm. And all Scott has to say about it is that since she didn't come home on time, he put the boys in the car and he was driving around town looking for her to catch her having an affair to show their sons what what a whore of a mother they had. Awful. Like, what the fuck? And especially to like involve your kids in something like that. Like that. Oh my god. That's like a that's like a whole other level of like shame and gaslighting and making it seem like it's it's just it puts so much like doubt and like horrible feeling into you when your spouse is accusing you of doing this thing. Like it just, it blew my mind. So the constant accusations and the name calling seemed like something that Tracy was willing to push through in order to stay in the marriage. She loved Scott. She wanted to prove that she wasn't the person he was constantly accusing her to be. And she wanted to 
stay with the father of her children. She had a lot of love there. It was important to her to, to stay and to prove to him that like, no, I am not this person that you keep saying that I am. It's toxic, but she stayed like most women do, which sucks, but sometimes it's kind of easier to stay in a terrible relationship. A lot of people end up staying because of the amount of time that you've been together, yeah. the amount of history that you have with a certain person. You um, ignore red flags and you forgive and you make a lot of excuses for the behavior and it just like yeah. becomes like your day to day. Like you don't mm-hmm. even think anything mm-hmm. of it. You romanticize the beginning and think you can get back to that. Yep, There's a lot exactly. of reasons people stay in really bad relationships for sure. Absolutely. Scott is determined not to share her with another man. So he moves the family to Tennessee, to Missouri, to Arkansas, and finally Texas over the course of 13 years to get her away from this ghost of a man that he is thinking that she's having all of these alleged affairs with like he moves like, them from state to state to state like what like, the fuck I know like up and he they've got kids like I moved around career? yeah and she's got to find like he's an engineer so I'm sure he can find work and like she's yeah, a nurse but does so, like, she have good. to like when you're a nurse can you just work everywhere like it's not like four states like a lawyer I could I I imagine well like when Mike and I lived in Fresno we um had neighbors where the woman was a traveling nurse. Oh, right. And right. that's they, true. Yeah. And they would stay in certain places for only so many years. And by that time, um, they were going to Alaska. So, like, they were like just getting rid of everything. So, they were just like, here, Whoa. here's a couple of bikes that we can't fit in our truck. Like, here's a bunch of cooking stuff Ooh, that we're not going to need. The best. Like- <laughs> when somebody's just like, I don't want to like fucking put this on Facebook Marketplace or whatever, like Goodwill. Yeah. I don't want to take it anywhere. Just here. Just here. And you're like, yes, please, 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 please. <laughs> Yeah, that was super, super interesting couple. She actually wrote a book. Um, oh, wow. And I think, you know what? I, I want to find it. I believe it's called The Arctic Sun. And um, I want to say that she autographed the book for me and I have it downstairs somewhere. But it kind of mm-hmm. like blew my mind that like our neighbors like fucking wrote a book. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like that's crazy so, time consuming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so nuts. But yeah, she just was able to work wherever they moved, which is super helpful because five states over 13 years, it was just, it just seems like kind of nuts. Yeah. Well, Texas is where Scott's paranoia finally came to light. Tracy was working with a man named Sean Michaels at her new hospital. I think he was just like, uh, like a secretary, um, who worked there Mm -hmm. and he was always flirtatious with everybody, not just Tracy. And she would like rebuff him and she would be like, Oh, I'm a married woman. And he would be like, I know I'm just messing with you. And they just like played coy about it. But she kind of like, she liked the attention. Like she liked Mm -hmm. the flirtation. She wasn't getting that at home. She was getting like, you're a fucking tramp at home. And he was just like, you're pretty, you know? So she kind of liked it. Who wouldn't? Uh, I mean, come on. So They had a friendly connection, and one day they decided to meet outside of the hospital walls and meet in a parking lot to talk. They just wanted to talk. It seemed completely innocent until Sean kissed her when they were saying their goodbyes. 
So she was just like, I was taken aback by it. it. Nothing ever really happened. It was just a kiss. And so one week later, Scott accuses her of having an affair, very on brand behavior for Scott. But then Tracy just blurts out that she has feelings for a man named Sean in her hospital. They have an emotional connection. He's paying attention to her in a positive way. They're not having sex. They just talk. And after moving from state to state to state away from all her friends and all her family, she's just happy to have somebody to talk to. Well, that does not sit well with Scott. And he just looks at her and tells her, quote, you have no idea what you've done. Scott does something he probably should have done a long time ago, you know, being all paranoid about the affairs and whatever. And he finally hires a divorce lawyer. He wants full custody of the boys. And this comes Mm -hmm. as a shock to Tracy. She's like, what what do you mean? Like, I'm a good mom. What do you mean you want full custody? Yeah. Scott was just on the power move and he was only going to allow Tracy visitation and he would use his newfound knowledge of Shawn Michaels against her if she ever wanted to like prove that she was like a capable mom he'd be like well you're having an affair so clearly your judgment is skewed but Tracy came back full force letting him know that she was going to fight for custody for her kids they later agreed that they weren't going to they don't want to put their kids through this ugly battle but the divorce would still proceed so that night after they met the divorce lawyer Scott flew into a rage unlike Tracy had ever seen She said that he was so angry and he was scary. He grabs a baseball bat and repeatedly asks Tracy where Sean lives because he's going to go over there and bash his head in. Tracy's like, uh, right? Like, uh, she's like, we're not sleeping together. I don't know where he lives. I couldn't tell you that information, but that just enrages him even more. And then he turns his aggression on Tracy, allegedly. He grabs her by the throat and tells her that he's going to beat the shit out of her and continued his typical name calling. So she's just like, fuck this shit. I'm out. Like that is the last straw for her. And she packs a bag and she gets ready to leave to spend the night in a hotel. And Scott is immediately like apologetic and Mm. he changes his tone. He calms down and he pleads with her not to leave please just stay with me, you know, go to bed with me. Let's just cuddle and, you know, let's just let it, let it go for the night. Mm -hmm. So she stays. October 15th, 2003. Tracy gets up at the butt crack of dawn to go for her morning walk. It's like 4.45 in the morning and she does her two mile walk and she comes back home and she takes a shower. She hears moaning coming from her bedroom, like someone's in pain. And she goes into the bedroom and she touches Scott's leg to see if he's awake and asks if he's okay. And he doesn't say anything, but he has a pillow over his face. She walks over to him, moves the pillow, and is not ready for the bloody mess that is in front of her. Tracy frantically calls 911 and she tells the dispatcher that her husband just shot himself in the head. She touches his face, like the side of his cheek, and asks him if he's still with her and waiting and waited for him to respond, but it was all just painful moaning. 
Mm. Police and paramedics arrive and they immediately get to work on Scott thinking that this is a suicide attempt and they need to help this man and they need to get him to the hospital as soon as possible. So Mm. there's a lot of like movement, a lot of rummaging, like trying to put this man on a gurney, like get him to the hospital. Yeah. And Tracy is being questioned by police in her home while paramedics are working on Scott and Tracy is like kind of weird about her hands. And even though the detectives are there in her home, she like walks away from them and she goes to the sink and she washes her hands. Mm. So later on down the line, like this move seems awfully suspicious. Mm. By mid afternoon that day, Scott is declared brain dead. And after 36 hours, he is removed from life support and he dies in that very same hospital where Tracy works. Tracy is read her Miranda rights and she's questioned by police asking her to repeat her story, her actions, what she found. And they asked her, you're a nurse. Why didn't you try to help him? Like you called 911, but you didn't really do anything to like aid your husband. And Tracy says, well, he didn't need CPR because he was breathing. He just needed the paramedics to see, you know, what they can do about fixing his wound. But she didn't make any attempt to slow or stop any bleeding from his gunshot wound. And she claims that she was in shock, but at the same time, she had the wherewithal to call her work to have her shift covered. She was like, Oh, sorry, I'm going to be here for a while. The cops are not coming in. Yeah. So it just seems a little strange. There's an emotional love affair happening. There's obvious marital issues in the family. You know, there's divorce, custody arguments, and a nurse who didn't administer aid to her husband. So looking at this, it seems like, okay, this could possibly be a homicide and not a suicide. Texas Ranger J.D. Robertson is a forensic bloodstain analyst who took one look at the crime scene photos and the gun involved and was like, yep, that's a murder. That's not a suicide. Friends of Mm. Scott say that he was too devoted of a dad to kill himself. He loved his boys. He was never a suicidal person. And there has to be more to it. While detectives are hard at work trying to prove their findings over the next two years, Tracy starts attending church and she meets a district attorney who believes her side of the story and would later go to bat for her. Ten days after Scott's death, Tracy and Sean meet up to talk in an IHOP. But while they're there, Tracy feels like she's being watched. So they go to the Red Roof Inn and they get a room to quote unquote talk. Well, they end up sleeping together. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Yeah, crazy. Who didn't see that coming? When they always shout, get a room, it's to go talk. It's just to talk. It's just to talk, okay? That's what we need when we're shouting, get a room, you two. (laughs) Get a room. Go get to know each other. Go get to know each other. That's right. Oh, so they end up continuing their relationship over the next two years while detectives dig up more and more information on the crime. Mm. August 11th, 2005, and Tracy is arrested for the murder of Scott Rohde. Yes, the scene of the crime was compromised when paramedics arrived to treat a suicide patient, not a homicide. So items are moved around, photos, photographs, weren't taken with the correct precaution because it wasn't a crime scene at the time. There's, there was just a lot of scuffling happening in the home. 
which is like awful if it's like an actual crime scene mm-hmm. because you want everything to be exactly as it was to help you piece yeah. the puzzle together. Ranger J.G. Robertson saw evidence of a murder by looking at the gun itself. So here's what detectives found during their two-year search. Tracy had decided that morning that, so like this is like their, this is how they mapped out what happened. Tracy decided that morning that if she wanted to keep her kids and carry on this emotional relationship with somebody else and get out of her shitty situation, she would have to get rid of the problem. So Mm -hmm. while Scott was asleep, Tracy allegedly put a pillow over his face to one, muffle the gunshot, two, she wouldn't get any blood spatter, like back spatter Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. on her after shooting Scott. And she kind of disassociated herself with what was happening since she couldn't see it physically. You know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. So like if he shot himself and it was a suicide attempt, why would he put a pillow over his own face? It just doesn't make sense. And, but there was a pillow there like the entire time. So there was a gunshot through the pillow? Through the pillow. It just, yeah. Like I'm going to commit suicide. Bye everybody. Like, no. no. And then you were, would you, you wouldn't even, no, no. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. So, after firing the gun, she drops it because she was just like shaken up by like the backfire and the fact that she just shot she's, her husband yeah. in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and after she drops the gun, she's just sitting there waiting for Scott to die. But mm. while waiting, she realizes, oh shit, if the gun is found on the floor, it may look like a homicide. But if the gun is in Scott's own hands, it'll look like a suicide. So she picks the gun up off the carpet, places it in his hands. And it's weird because the way that she, like the gun was in his hands, the right hand had like the barrel and the trigger, like in that hand, but then the barrel was in the left hand as if he was like cradling it. It was like a, it was like a small handgun, but, um, it just seemed strange because normally if that were to happen, you would fall and like your arms would go on either side. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, that's weird. Um, so there's no blood on Scott's hands. There would be if he shot himself. But through the pillow? Through the pillow. Like, blood? if I, I feel like this is kind of weird because the way that Scott's hands fell, like there, there wasn't really any, I don't, I don't know. That's where like the confusion comes into play, like whether mm-hmm. she did it or whether he did it because if there was a pillow there and he had to do the reach around and shoot himself and then there was no back spatter like his hand would be clean but there's blood on the gun but there's no blood on his hands so that was another indication that something is not right here interesting yeah there's blood on the handle of the gun and then there's coagulated blood inside the gun itself like where you would like well that would make sense i feel like yeah, so just, but it was weird with, like, how much blood was in it. <clears throat> oh, okay. And and this is why. So there, after he died and kind of bled out, basically, in the bed, the blood went from the bed down onto the floor mm. where the gun was apparently dropped. So there is this, uh, like, weird shape of blood on the carpet. 
and the blood stain it's like weird and I have pictures of it so I could show you guys but it looks like the holster fits one side of the blood spatter or the blood stain that's on the carpet and then the back of the gun is like against the other side so it looks like okay that's where a bunch of blood could go into the back of the gun based oh, so on it had been how it fell on the floor got it. yeah so it had been sitting there the blood was dripping onto the carpet but Got then when it. she realizes, oh my gosh, I, this has to look like a suicide, picks up the gun with the blood coagulated into the back of it, puts it in his hands. It Got left it. a really interesting shape on the carpet, which actually matches the back end shape of the gun. Whoa. It was, it's it's kind of nuts. You'll have, I'll send you the picture. It's nuts. <sighs> okay. Tracy claims she never touched the gun that she said she saw it in Scott's hands and it was lying in the bed sheets where the blood was pulling from Scott's gunshot wound. Tracy also claimed that the, uh, that the prosecution and that the police, they just picked apart details of the scene and they mapped it out as a murder. As we like to say, someone's building a story, oh, which God. could make yep. it plausible for them to mm -hmm. arrest her. So just seems very fishy. The evidence is presented in court and the jury deliberates for two days and they come back with a verdict. Guilty. You're guilty of first degree murder. Yep. At this point, Tracy has a panic attack. She's like breathing into a paper bag. She has Jesus. to be wheeled. Yeah, she has to be wheeled out of the courtroom because she cannot believe that the jury found her guilty. <sighs> so she gets locked up into a holding cell while her sentence is being decided. So this is nuts. I did not know that Texas does this. Like but so quickly. Right? In Texas, the defense can allow the jury to decide her punishment on top of her conviction. Crazy, oh my right? God. In a last ditched attempt to prove her innocence, Tracy takes the stand. And she's just like, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I'm innocent. You, I don't agree with your guilty verdict. You guys are wrong. I didn't do this. And then her two older sons who are like of age, they go and they plead with the jury. They take the stands and they're like, Whoa. please don't take my mom away from me. We just lost our dad. Please don't take our mom. Like we need her and she needs us. Please don't take her away from us. So the jury goes back to deliberate for another two days and they decide her sentencing. The prosecution wants her locked up for 60 years because first degree murder, like 60 to life, you know, yeah, or it's yeah. usually 25 to life. But yeah, they wanted her at least there for 60 years. Yeah. But the jury decides differently. <gasps> they give her 10 years probation, <gasps> probation, no jail time. None. Judge, a judge can't even like over, be like, no, that's not enough. No. They went with how the, how the jury felt in that case. They let the jury, the jury uh, decide. And I, when it's in court like that and it's law, they, the judge doesn't override it. I'm so legitimately she, like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. So she only spent three, day, three days in jail in a holding cell. So 10 years probation, she has an 8 p.m. curfew, she has um, $10,000 a $10, fine to pay over the next 10 years. She had her medical license revoked, so she lost her job. 
but she doesn't have to go to prison. She gets to go home and be with her boys. She may miss out on a lot of like their nighttime school events or like, you know, soccer games at night or basketball games or whatever, but she is still allowed to be at home. So there, there are some serious doubts about what happened and the scene and the evidence was tampered with. So it's like, you can't hundred percent unequivocally know that Tracy killed her husband and the children's testimony changed the hearts of the jurors. And by now this happened so long ago, Tracy's probation's over. So she's like, she done, she free. So years later, Tracy tried to appeal the murder conviction to clear her name and her record. But if it was proven that she did kill Scott during her appeal, then she would have gone to prison for the rest of her life. And she's like, I'm not going to risk it. I'll just deal with this like guilty verdict on my conscience. That's it. So she dropped the appeal. So that way she wouldn't risk going back to prison for the rest of her life. Wow. To not be, to even be like, so like knowing that it looks so bad that you're Mm -hmm. like, I'll just live with this. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine guys. It's fine. Oh so, my god. That is the true crime story of Tracy and Scott Rohde. I do like, feel what? like if 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 he if if he so were to, I know. <laughs> if he were to have committed suicide and she was telling the truth, that would have been like his dream come true that she went to prison for life. Right? Like, but I just don't know that that's how things work. Like I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I don't he, know. If I, it, it's just vindictive to want to kill himself. Like he's such, like he'd want to punish her forever. This doesn't yes. seem like a punishment. This is like yes, this is her dream come true. Exactly, exactly. It I I don't know. And the the fact that the this the scene was compromised because people were coming in and shuffling things around and um, like moving the bed, picking up the gun, moving the gun. Like there was a, there was like a, like a handprint, like a palm print on the gun handle. But since, uh, since like a deputy had picked it up and moved it, um, they, they couldn't actually place like the palm print. They didn't know if it was like hers or wow. Scott's or the deputies or whoever's like, they just kind of, they tested it, but they're like, Oh, it's, it's an unclear match of a print. So we can't say who it was. Like there's too many unknown questions that led people to just go ahead. And even though they said that she was guilty of first degree murder, they still yeah. let her walk away. That's so crazy. I was just I listening know. to um, a Dateline and I thought it was going to be your story first, a millisecond. And it mm-hmm. was this woman who was also abused and um, abused, uh, allegedly. And um, <laughs> that's, what, that's what she said. And she calls the police because she was, because her husband is shot in the backyard. But when detectives come, they find the gun, like, inside a uh I believe it was an uh, like a old clock like it was like inside like like underneath like a father clock oh like a grandfather clock yes and then when you open it like the gun was in there inside the house 
when she said a stranger shot her husband in the backyard. And while the detectives were talking to her, she got upset and said, can I please excuse myself for a minute? Goes to the bathroom, washes those little hands, <gasps> comes back out. And when they go to like check for gun residue, she had washed her She hands. doesn't have any. Oh my God. So I can't remember how that story, I, you know, they go one ear at the other sometimes. But yeah. So it's just, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's so many, there's so much uh, crime. Oh that I consume God. on a daily basis, but yeah, <laughs> um, a lot. Yeah, so I, but I just like for a millisecond, I was like, but that's so interesting that I feel like this does occur quite frequently. Abuse mm-hmm. victims do finally get gumption, and you know, take matters into their own hands. Yes, they don't. Yes, yes, they yes. don't wait for the law to help them. They just help themselves. But usually, that'll get them in a lot more trouble. Exactly. But not Tracy. <laughs> No, not Tracy. That girl, fucking Texas, if they don't, you know. Oh, my God. I just, I couldn't believe that they let the jury decide the sentencing for a murder conviction. If it, I feel like if it's a murder conviction, like, no. <laughs> like, you don't, there's no wiggle room. Like, if you've convicted them of murder, then they have to take the murder sentence with the sentencing. Like, you just can't decide one and then backtrack and let go a different way and not let her go to jail truly probation I don't know I guess if it was me I'd be happy that I just got probation I don't know I mean obviously that's like they fucking <laughs> got away with fucking murder they have yes. a whole fucking show about it they sure do god that to get away with goes on and on I started watching it I was like binging it for a while how to get away Ugh, with murder the first I mean, season is so good the second season is okay the third season <laughs> why why is there any more it's like what is why are you guys still trying to hide this <laughs> like what is understand. happening although jenna they, does and watch then they that trail show. yeah jenna watches yeah. that show and she said the last season does have some type of conclusion no way oh okay i'll never get there that's maybe, for sure. maybe maybe one day after i'm done watching euphoria <gasps> which i have done i've been watching euphoria everybody so Finally did it. Woo! what are your thoughts I love it. It's so fucking heavy. It is so heavy. I did. Oh I feel God, like I, so I don't heavy. know why I like romanticized it. But <laughs> it is such like, a heavy, heavy show. Like every character, there's something happening. Like it's, it's nuts. Like it's a lot. I know. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. But isn't the makeup so beautiful and the shots? Like, so beautiful. It's just oh so God. well shot. It's so good. It's so good. I just. But like the her way riding they, her bike down the alley with that spot, yes, all the lights and everything, and like when they do the slow mo and stuff, oh my gosh, it's so good! So but good, yeah, I just, mm, and I like that they like they touch on the stuff. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know, it's just like they touch on so much brands, that works like depression, mm-hmm. drug abuse, like these mm-hmm. topics are endless for the teenagers, the and dad, even the. Oh my God. I know. Oh my God. I just can't. I like, couldn't believe that. I was like, Oh my God, that's a plastic surgeon from Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) He doesn't have as chiseled as a jaw, but my God, he's still handsome, but he just likes to fuck everybody. He likes to fuck. He sure does. (laughs) He just like hides it. But like, it just, it's so nuts because you know that a lot of the stuff that they record or, like, that they show on the show, like, you know a lot of that shit is, like, 
that's fucking real life for a lot of people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like watching that abusive relationship with those, the two, have you got, oh, the cop, the, the guy, Christina Aguilera. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah. I love how her fucking makeup always matches her outfits, like her cheer outfit. Right, exactly. Oh my oh, god, she's so good. She shows up at the chili cook-off wearing like yes! those crazy ass bands. He's like, "Go put some clothes on." She's like, "Fuck you! I'm just gonna take the Molly instead." Oh my god, it's but just yeah, so that, nuts. The scene but, at the carnival, like, truly, is so upsetting to me. But like, I've seen a friend in high school actually go through that. So mm-hmm. it's like they're not wrong. Like they're no. not. It's not off. Base. They're not wrong. And yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's really a beautiful show though. It's just thank you. Just got I'm some heavy so subject glad. matter. You agree? Yes, exactly. I finally did it. You did it. Hey me. And on that <laughs> it takes me a while. Note, would you like to see us out with your favorite rumor you've ever heard? My favorite rumor I've ever heard. You know what's hilarious? The first thing that popped into my mind. Was that, because it's weird that like everybody, everybody heard this rumor, right? Like everybody knew about it. I I wonder if you knew about it. Tell me. The fact, it was the rumor that Marilyn Manson had his ribs removed so he could suck his own dick. (laughs) Yes. And it's so crazy that all of us knew it, no matter where we lived in the world and the internet wasn't even a thing crazy no everybody knew that's how strong that rumor was (laughs) that's how strong it was and it didn't it didn't like change at all like it was like yeah he fucking removed his ribs like his own dick it was just like that's how it goes that's how it was (laughs) like that's what happened yeah yeah and that's what happened that's real life and it happened so here we are who knows send us an x-ray i want to it's not true. I want to know if you have all of your ribs intact. Yeah. Show us the proof. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's my rumor. Beautiful. Well then we will see. So I'm glad that we can leave everybody with that visual. (laughs) Yeah. Just imagine an old Marilyn Manson sucking his own wiener. And we'll see you guys next Mm. week for another horrible story. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> you look like an angel when you were like looking off into the distance and you're thinking about Marilyn Aww, Manson sucking so nice. his dick sucking his own dick <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>